We are Centrepoint Church. This is a recent recording from our Sunday morning gathering. We hope you can join us at the Odeon Cinema in Guildford, Sundays at 10am. Enjoy the message. Well, hello uh, church and uh, everyone joining us today. I'm so pleased that you've uh, taken the time this morning to just connect together in some way. And so, as John said, my name is Chris and I have the privilege of serving in Centrepoint Church by leading our leadership team. And so I'm just so pleased you've come along and whether you're you're kind of with us because you've been part of our church for, for many, many years or whether this is the first time that you're joining us today as a church. And can I just say you're just so welcome. I'm so pleased that uh, you've you've tuned in. And so what we're going to be doing is we're going to carry on our series called Faith in a Real World. And today's talk I've entitled Unexpected Circumstances. I wonder, have you ever seen or found yourself in an unexpected circumstance? Well, of course you have, because we're all in one right now. And just a few weeks ago, like our students, for example, the, the world was their oyster and now they're confined to their dorm rooms. But for our, our workers, they, many of them were hustling and bustling to get into London and, and into the city or into other cities. And, and now the whole pace of life has, has changed dramatically. For parents, you've uh, suddenly become teachers and all sorts of other things. And for all of us, the amount of washing up that we create has just gone through the roof because we spend every moment at home. And uh, I don't know about you, but, you know, I'm, I'm giving dinner to our kids and I'm like, oh, just use your hands. You know, it'll be all right. I mean, they asked for knife and fork with pizza yesterday. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, just eat your hands. Save the washing up people. For all of us, it has changed. And to have a break, you might be thinking, well, let's just go to the park. No, you can't do that. Or you might be thinking, let's um, go down, do a bit of shopping. No, you can't do that either. You might be thinking, let's go down to the pub. No, you can't do that either. For every single one of us, especially for our key workers in this moment, who are doing just a fantastic job, what we're finding, and, and they're working flat out, what we're finding is that for everyone, our routines and everything has changed. We are indeed in unexpected circumstances. And do you know what, though? We're not the only ones. Throughout the Bible, there are numerous accounts of different people and groups of people that found themselves in unexpected circumstances. Joseph for example, he was taking his brothers some lunch one day and then by the afternoon he was sold into slavery. Moses went from herding cattle in the morning to um, being an advocate before Pharaoh for the release of his people. David went from looking after his sheep to being anointed king over all the people. Esther went from winning a beauty pageant to becoming queen to then approaching the king on behalf of a persecuted of the persecuted Jews and then negotiating their freedom. All of these circumstances brought all sorts of challenges, but they also brought opportunities, opportunities for people to get to know God and to understand what he looks like and what faith in a real world looks like. Whoever you are this morning, whether you're a Christian or, or you're not a Christian yet, then I'm just so pleased that you've joined with us today. 
as we're all going on this journey of figuring out and learning about who God is and what faith in a real world looks like. Hence this series that we're going through each week. So this morning, the person that I would like to look at is Daniel. And Daniel found himself in unexpected circumstances. And I want to see how we can learn from him and how we should approach the impact and the implications of the coronavirus outbreak for our nation today by looking at how Daniel approached the exile of his nation uh, many, many years ago. And so we're going to be in Daniel chapter one. If you have a Bible or an app, then you can start to turn to it now. Uh, not to worry that the words will also appear on the screen. But just before they do, I want to give you a little bit of background. Because Daniel, he lived in a place called Jerusalem. He was part of a group um, called the Israelites. And well, actually, the Israelites were kind of uh, a group of people, but they were split into two kingdoms at this moment. The northern kingdom, unhelpfully, was also called Israel. And the southern kingdom was called Judah. Israel, a few years earlier, had been taken into captivity by the Assyrians. And as we start Daniel, we find that the southern kingdom has also been ransacked. And all the people from the south are now going to be taken into captivity by a group called the Babylonians. You can read about it in your history or Wikipedia. Babylon at the time was ruled uh, by a guy called King Nebuchadnezzar. And as was the custom of the surrounding nations at the time, when you conquered a country, you wouldn't go in and take all the people out. You would take them out in phases, waves. First, you'd take out all the, the high dignitaries and officials in wave one. Then you'd come back and you, you'd take out all the middle classes and then you'd go back and you'd take out all the, the kind of lower classes, the working classes, the, the, the men, the, the, the women and the children. And you did that because when the, this phase two lot arrived, the people they looked up to had already assimilated into that culture and let them know, hey, it's all all right. And they, they were the influential lot. And then that helped there be less chance of a revolt during this takeover. And so we're going to start Daniel chapter one. Uh, I'll read the whole chapter and then we'll pick out three things. Hopefully you found it by now. But as I said, it will appear on the screen. So it says this chapter one. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put in the treasure house of his God. It's like a museum. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites and uh, from the royal family and the nobility, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed and quick to understand. This is phase one. And qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians as to assimilate them into their culture. The king verse five, assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years and after that they were to enter the king's service. Among those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names. To Daniel he gave the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah Shadrach, to Mishael Meshach and to Azariah Abednego. You might have heard of those names, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. 
verse 8, but Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. He asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now, God had caused the official to show him favour and compassion to Daniel. But the official told Daniel, I'm afraid of my Lord, the king, who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than all the other young men of your age? The king would then have my head because of you. Daniel then said to the guard, whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and he tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and wine they were to drink and he gave them vegetables instead. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. Lastly, at the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah. So they entered the king's service in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them. He found them 10 times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. And Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus. Great. So what a passage. And uh, you might well be wondering, oh, how does that relate to what we're talking about? Don't worry, we'll get there. First, just let you know that Daniel, at this moment in time, he was about 20 years old. And he certainly found himself in this unexpected circumstance. Three things had happened. His, his country had been taken over. Now living under a whole new regime and routine um, has happened. He's got a whole new routine. Everything that he was used to has gone out the window. All that they knew, how they operated in their daily lives had completely changed, much like what we're experiencing. All the sacred jewels and artifacts had been pillaged. And so the way that they worshiped their God had also changed. No longer were they able to go to the temple. No longer were they able to praise and, and worship God in the same way that they were used to or to offer the sacraments like they were used to in the same way that many Christians across our world are experiencing today and also families have been separated different waves of people being taken into captivity meant that the families were, were separated and even when they arrived they would have been assigned different roles in different areas of the kingdom and so they were isolated from each other families and friends in all sorts of different ways you know what we are facing is perhaps not a quite as extreme as that but all these things are certainly true of our times today government has rightly enforced unprecedented measures and new routines um, on the whole of the united kingdom and rightfully so worship has changed and we no longer are able to meet one another in the places that we were used to families and friends are isolated from each other in lots of different ways and in the midst of all of this unexpected situation and circumstance, there was in this season, do you know what? Daniel, he could have easily lost his identity. He could have easily thrown out what it used to mean to follow God, but instead he teaches us some things that I think we can get hold of. And there's three things that I want to look at today. The first one is this, that in the midst of 
unexpected circumstances, it is easy to forget your identity. As I mentioned earlier, the tactic was when you overtake an enemy territory, you they try to change your worldview. They try to change your customs, your, their, your traditions and your gods. And in Daniel's day, they did that in all sorts of different ways. In changing times, it's easy to forget who you are. In Daniel's day, they did that by trying to change their names. You know, not so much now, but back then, people called their children names that really meant something. In fact, me and Catherine did that as well. Our two children are called Talia and Naya, and we thought about what they meant before we named them. Talia means raindrop from heaven, and Naya means God's purpose. And so having looked at all sorts of different names and their meanings, we felt they were the right ones for us to go with. Do you know, Daniel uh, also means something. It means God is my judge. Hananiah means God is gracious. Mishael means who is like God. And Azariah means my God helps. And so the Babylonians, they didn't want the people of Jerusalem and, and of Judah walking around talking to each other because that reminded them about their identity. Instead, they tried to change their name. And so they didn't want them having conversations like this. Oh, hey, what's your name? Oh, well, my name is God is my judge. Oh, cool. Well, what does that mean? That sounds a bit scary. Well, it means that I love to serve my God and I live for him only. All right, and who's your friend? Oh, well, he's God is gracious. Well, that's odd. How can God be a judge and gracious? Oh, well, let me tell you about the God who is perfectly just and abundantly gracious. No, <laughs> the officials, they didn't want the people um, from Judah walking around talking like that. So instead, they changed their names in order to try to change their identity. So instead of allowing Daniel to stay Daniel, which means God is my judge, they changed it to Belteshazzar, which means may the God of Marduk protect your life. Uh, Marduk was a, a horrendous god which was celebrated in all sorts of evil ways and um, they but they you know that was the god that the Babylonians believed in and so they tried to change it to that to Hananiah which means god is gracious they changed it to Shadrach meaning the moon god Azariah means my god helps and they changed it to Abednego meaning a servant of Marduk and Mishael who means god who is like god it's probably the meanest one of all. They changed him to Meshach, meaning who is like the moon God. In changing times and circumstances, it's easy to forget your name and therefore your identity. So it's easy to forget that you have, that for those who have put their trust in Jesus, then you are a child of God, that you are forgiven, that you're set free, that there's no condemnation, that you can be filled with peace that surpasses all understanding. That with a father who's never going to leave you, who is so good to you, like we've been singing this morning, uh, one who is sovereign over every situation, one who wants a relationship with you and who is sovereign over all your kind of relationships, all your illnesses and all, even over viruses. It's easy to forget that we have an identity for those who trust in Jesus as Christians who believe that God is with us and will not leave us even in troubled times, whose perfect love will drive out fear. It's so easy, and it would have been easy for Daniel and his friends to let the circumstances around them define them. You know, I used to work in a school, and um, when I was a teacher there, you'd see kids calling each other in the playground. And when you see a kid called a, a loser multiple times, they can start to act in such a way. In the same way, for me, 
people used to call me Fiddy, as in 50 Cent. And I used to find that I would then try to assimilate or, or live up to that name. And so I try to kind of walk around like a, like a gangster because, you know, I'm all black and hard. And do you know what? The pressure to act in that way was immense on me when I was younger. And I gave into that pressure. But we need to know our identity. And by the grace of God, I, I, I know that now and I can live like that now. And so, you know, I love to read books and I wear glasses and I enjoy a lovely walk in the woods and I'm a National Trust member. And, you know, that's OK, because I know that my identity is as a child of God and I can have a peace that surpasses all understanding. I'm set free. Daniel and his friends, although their names were changed, they never let, let that change their identity. So let's not let the virus define us. Let's not let sickness define us or, or uh, redundancy or unemployment. You know, whatever you are going through, whatever struggles that you are facing, I want to encourage you that there is a hope to be found in the God who is over all things and who loves you and who wants to give you an identity of, as a loved one and a cherished one who gives you value and dignity. So let's be like Daniel, because faith in a real world means that we remember that for all those who have put their trust in Jesus, they are called Christians. That's their name. That's their identity. It means little Christ's. We're called not to let the circumstances around us define us, but we're meant to allow our identity in God define who we are. And so if you're not a Christian yet, then do you know what? You can come to know how Christ defines you and how he loves you and cherishes you and gives you identity and significance by coming to know him. Regardless of what the external circumstances of your life might look like, there is one who will never leave you or forsake you. And so that's what they found. The second thing, then, is that in the midst of changing circumstances, it's also easy to forget the truth. Nebuchadnezzar tried to get them to forget their culture. The truth was that God was their God. He was at work in their lives and he had set in place a way for people to live. Nebs, as I like to call him, was like, nah, forget, forget your old culture. We want you to eat this and, and try this and live like this. He tried to get them to eat meat sacrificed to their idols. He was trying to lure them into worship of their God, into the God of murder. And he did that through encouraging them to eat his sacrificed meat so that they would forget the truth about the one true God that they're meant to worship. They also wanted strong men and the source of their strength, they believed, came from that sacrifice of meat. And so Daniel's boss, he was concerned that if Daniel didn't eat the meat, then he would look weak and that wouldn't be good for either of them. So Daniel, who was happy for them to change his name, felt that this was something that he wasn't happy to concede it. He knew that if he'd started doing this, that he would be putting something else in the rightful place that God should have in his life. And so Daniel was like, no, he refused to forget the truth that God was the one true God and that he wasn't going to put any idols in his place. That was one thing that he did in, in this situation. The second thing was that he reasoned that his ultimate source of strength wasn't from food. After all, actually, it was from God himself. And so do you know what? As we go through these unexpected circumstances, these changing situations, you know, it's easy to put your trust in things that are other than God. So it's easy to have idols, things that you go to for comfort, for strength and security. Maybe during this time you've gone to alcohol. Maybe you've gone to drugs. 
Maybe you've gone to, to Netflix. Maybe you've gone to gaming. Maybe you've gone to all sorts of different types of things to escape and cope with the environment and the things that are going on. You know, not all of these are particularly bad in themselves, but, you know, it's so easy to look to them for our source of comfort at the end of the day, instead of the one who can really provide that solid, firm foundation. Maybe you've been, you know, secondly, and the other thing, lured into thinking that for your source of strength, that it comes from something else too. Maybe you've been lured into this whole panic buying craze and, and your security and your strength has come in making sure that you've got stocked cupboards. Literally, you might have felt that it's coming from food like Daniel could have thought. But you know what? Our strength, it comes from the Lord. He gives us strength to face each day, strength to fight our battles. He gives us strength to cope with toilet paper running out and, and all sorts of different things. When we place God in his rightful place, and no other idol, we show that we are trusting in him and him alone for that deep sense of security. It's not that we look to other things for help and support they're needed, but the, the thing that is at the pinnacle of it all has got to be the Lord. And secondly, we look to him for our source of strength to face each day. Do you know, nothing is like uh, trusting in the Lord for your deep sense of peace in troubled times and I'm so pleased to see just all across our church and all across the city all different Christians around supporting their neighbours and one another and just being being normal being relaxed and understanding that peace comes from God not from how stocked up their food cupboard is or anything else. Lastly in times of unexpected circumstances it's easy to forget your purpose. Nebuchadnezzar he changed their names he changed their language he educated them in his universities to learn the culture and, and their goals he tried to change their diets even he tried to change who they were by their very nature he even took the artifacts of worship and placed them in a museum behind a glass along with all the other religious religions of countries that they had conquered he lined up the God of the Bible with every other form of religious activity, sorcery and witchcraft, and he treated them all the same. But you know what? The passage says that Daniel resolved not to defile himself. Daniel, he, he resolved because he knew that his purpose, he knew it. And so he chose in the midst of all this unexpected circumstance to live out his purpose. And so he went to the chief official. He shared with him this 10 day trial plan. And at the end of the 10 days, he looked healthier and better nourished than any of the others. They were found by the king to also have better wisdom and understanding than all the enchanters of the kingdom. He remembered his, his purpose. You know, in times of unexpected circumstances, it's easy to put the Bible on the shelf and to relegate God in line with every other form of inner peace. It's easy to put Christianity behind a glass of other irrelevant relics and not actually expect anyone to really believe in God. And so let alone, so that can easily, that can stop us from talking about him, even in these times. But I believe in this season of unexpected circumstances, Christians all around the world should be a people that are truly better nourished than anyone else. What I mean by that is not that we won't get sick. Christianity is not an immunity, so you must stay at home and you must look after yourself. But what I do mean is that when we are feeding on God's word daily, like reading through the Bible that Emma was talking about earlier, when we are feeding on his 
word daily, then we are reminded about our purpose and who we are. And we remember that God is the God of the Bible who is sovereign over everything. And like Jesus says, we don't live on bread alone, but we live by his word. The impact of this means that our very presence online, our very demeanour in the streets, when we impact our neighbours, should, we should look healthy and nourished and at peace and joyful because we declare God's glory because we've been reading his word and full of his presence and his peace and his love and his goodness. And the only way to do that is coming into his light and knowing his love. We need to be full of his light and his love in order to be able to do that. And so Daniel resolved. You know, resolve, it doesn't just happen. It's not just an accident. He resolved. Resolve for Christians means that in the moments of struggle, it's often when work is tough, when relationships are tough, when family life is tough, it's easy to kind of put the Bible on the shelf. It's easy to put God behind the glass doors. It's easy to relegate it to everything else and then run to other things. And you know what? We need to be people who resolve like Daniel not to fall into that trap. We need to know our purpose. We need to resolve to be a people who trust in the word of the Lord. You know, and in, in this season, we're, we're hearing reports all around the world where, especially in relationships, marriages and, and uh committed relationships that people are really struggling divorce rates like in china went through the roof during their isolation and so as a church like uh, john mentioned earlier we're going to be running a couples course it, we've called it's called the marriage course we're using video based um uh, sessions that are going to really bless all relationships it's, it's good for people whether you're christians or non-christians it's based on key principles and foundations and and as john said you're not asked to share any of your uh, personal details with anyone in fact you don't even need to talk you can just experience the whole thing but we're doing that because we know our purpose in this world and that's to bring God's light to every situation and so we're resolving we're resolving to know our purpose we're resolving to be good news to our neighbors we're resolving to be a help and a support to other people around us we're resolving to make sure that we know who we are in God we know our identity and we know who God is and we are trusting in him even in the midst of unexpected circumstances the Bible says who he who was born of God knows God when you become a Christian you're a new creation the old is gone new has come fear can go peace can come you can love because God first loved you and so we're going to uh, get ready to finish now but I just want to finish by saying just one one more thing that while Daniel is a model for how we should live more importantly than any of this Daniel is a pointer to Jesus Daniel see he was exiled from his home uh, place into a whole new context Daniel went from being a dignitary in his country to being a student in Babylon Daniel um, showed us what it's like to live as a follower of God in the midst of unexpected circumstances. And do you know what? In the same way, Jesus, he was exiled from heaven to earth to live in a whole new context. Jesus gave up his heavenly riches to low himself to be born as a baby in a manger. Jesus showed us how to perfectly live before God in this world and how to follow him and trust him. And do you know what? Ultimately, Jesus sacrificed himself on the cross. 
for all our faults and failings, that we can come before God, put our trust in him and be presented before this just God and this gracious God that we've heard about as a forgiven person, blameless in his sight, um, blameless because all our sins have been paid for on the cross by Jesus. Jesus also, he never forgot his name, or certainly his identity. Jesus knew the truth and Jesus held fast to his purpose. Because of all Jesus has done, we can approach unexpected circumstances, not by forgetting our identity or for the truth or our purpose, but by trusting in God and looking to him for our identity to define us, not the circumstance. By remembering the, the truth, that he is sovereign, that he is over everything and he gives us strength to face each day. And by remembering our purpose, that we don't live on bread alone, but by God's word. And so we allow him to transform us and we approach all situations that God has given us with the true purpose that we are to bring his light into the world. So let's pray and, uh, and then we'll hand back over to James for one more song of worship. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for all that you are, who you are. Thank you, God, that you are one who has the whole world in your hands that you, you love us, that you give us dignity and value and purpose and strength. And I just pray for every single person, Lord God, just engaging today in this meeting. Lord, I pray, would you fill us with your spirit? Would you give us strength to face each day? Would you help us, Lord God, not to allow the circumstances to define who we are, but to allow, Lord, your love for us to do that? Lord, I pray, would you help us, Lord God, to know what it means to be children of God, to read your word, to allow that to nourish our souls, that we would be healthy and, and uh, we would look well, Lord God, as we face the circumstance, that we would be good news to the people around us. And so I just pray, I pray for every single person here listening to this too. I pray for those who don't know you yet. Lord, I pray, would you reveal themselves to you, Lord, right now in their living room, their bedroom, wherever they might be. Lord, I pray with your presence just impact them, that they know that you are the Lord, that you are good, and that you are over all things. So we're just trusting in you. We give our, our time over to you. Thank you for what you're doing. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please do come and visit us Sundays, 10 a.m. at the Odeon Cinema in Guildford. We look forward to seeing you.